Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. So, in this scripture is where I come up with this idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12 through 14. And it reads this, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. So if the body is the body of Christ, which is the church, is one, then we need to be many members, and many members need to be celebrated. That, that just to me, it just, it, it, it just makes sense. And it takes many dedicated people to be planted and sold out to a church to make it effective and grow. But if, if I can just digress for a second and go back, because there's something in the scripture that I, I just want to drop in your spirit with the times that are going on right now. And that is this. It says, for by one, it's verse 13, it says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, black or white or Hispanic, it doesn't matter your color. We are all one body. The answer to all the racial tension that is going on in America right now is not sitting down and having some type of relations and talk and understanding people. It's Jesus Christ. If you get people saved, the only difference I got is that, oh, you cook things different. I cook things different, but I want to eat some of your stuff. That's the only difference that we have. If you look around at our church, you, you see the, uh, different all kinds of ethnicities. And, and believe me, like we were, <laughs> me and my wife were on vacation. I was talking to this lady because I speak a little Tagalog. So I was talking to her and, and she was like, uh, Filipino car? I was like, no, no. And I was like, I look mestizo though, huh? And she answered me in Tagalog. And I, I was like, no, I'm not mestizo. And then she goes, so you, what are you, Mexican? I said, no, I'm black. She did not believe me. But I like the way this does. I like how it is. And God has brought us all together in one place for us to worship him. So, saints, if, if you've been on Facebook and you're talking about all the craziness and everything else that's going on, be an agent of faith and make sure that you're speaking those things that are not as though they were. And just get people saved. When people want to talk about what's going on, just tell them, Jesus saves. One, that's all you need to know. So back, let's get back to the preaching. So we're talking about effective churches. It, in order to be an effective church, you have to be, have dedicated, planted people in the church to be effective. And yes, I said effective. There are many different places around this nation, in this town, and other places where people are gathering together in large numbers, and they're huge numbers, but they're not effective churches. So what makes an effective church? It's not what makes a church effective isn't the numbers of people in it, because whether you know this or not, later on tonight, there'll probably be about 15,000 people meeting somewhere all together in one place celebrating. But they ain't, there ain't no Jesus in it. You could put a church on the end of it, Oracle Church. And people do that. But it's not an effective church. When we're talking about effectives, it has nothing to do with numbers. But what it has to do with is, is the potential of people being released in that church. 
whether you're a church of 10,000 or 10, you have to make sure that the people you have, the potential that's in them is being released. That is an effective church. Now, we could talk about church growth some other time, but when you're talking about being effective, you have to make sure that you pour into the people so that they release that gift, and that gift will only be released if they're planted. So, what do you say, planted? We need people to be planted in the church. If a church is going to be spiritual, and if a church is going to grow spiritually, then we need some people that are fully in, not almost in. Any, anybody ever been in a place called almost? I can help you out. Like, I almost made it to the pros. I almost graduated. I almost got a job. Funny part about almost is, I don't want to hear about your almost. Why do we say almost? Like it helps. I almost made it to the pros. So what? I don't care what you almost did. Why don't you tell me what you did do? I played college ball. Great. Let's celebrate that. You know, we always do the almost thing because we're not satisfied with what we did accomplish. So we want to tell people what we wanted to accomplish and never made it. Instead of going, look, man, no, I didn't graduate. I did three years of college. Well, praise God. Now, I almost graduated. How did you know? Okay, what do you mean you almost? Did you slip and fall or something before you got up on the stage and collect your diploma? Psalms 92, 13 through 14, and it reads this. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. I'm going to read that again. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord might flourish. Maybe they'll flourish. Oh, so those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, you notice I said those that are planted. Now, just, just as a side note, saints, okay, planted is planted, not laying on the soil. There's a difference between being planted and just laid on the soil. Well, we're going to get to that in a second, but can I just talk to anybody in here that's middle age for a second? Is that okay? We got a, long, a lot of young people in here, but middle age. If you don't know what middle age is, you can be like me. And I got surprised the day that my friend looked at me and said, how old are you? This is when I turned this age. I said, man, I'm, I'm uh, 38. He goes, whoo, welcome to middle age. I said, I'm not middle age. I'm 38. He said, what is the life expectancy of a man? I said, it's like 72. He says, welcome to middle age. I'm like, oh, that hurt. So let's talk to you. I'm going to talk to you guys. Now, 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 some of you young people don't understand this, and you just wait because you guys always, you guys are in there, and you hear, and you understand, and we can say different things for you. to understand. But I just need to talk to somebody that's a little bit older. Somebody got a little bit of gray hair on their head somewhere, okay? You guys ready for this? Listen, this is one thing I love about this scripture because as we get older, your mindset changes. When you're young, you're always talking about what can you do, and, and you're looking at doing great things, and you got lots of energy to move around and do all these things. But as you get middle age, you start to question yourself about am I still needed, or, or can I do what I used to do? And, and you got all these things going on in your mind, and then you're sitting at a church that is so young and so vibrant, and you have lots of young people running around, and you're looking at them like, I'm just going to sit here and... Watch the young people do it. Praise God. I'm just along for the, the ride. Hallelujah. But as I read this scripture, it starts to tell me something. It encourages me for people like me that are pushing 
some really old age here, okay? You don't need to know how old you guys. Some of y'all already know. Okay, anyway, so, so what it is, it says, they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. I'm not preaching to you young people. I'm preaching to somebody that's old. I need some gray in your hair for me to preach to you. Because I know coming to a church with a lot of young people, a lot of times, you know what happens to us? We feel like we're not going to bear fruit, like we're not important, like we're not needed. We can't find our niche. We can't find our spot. But the Bible tells me if I get planted in the house of the Lord, then I will bear fruit, which means I'm needed. I don't know what I could do around the house of the Lord. I don't care how young or how old you are, but when you're planted in the house of God, God says you shall flourish. You shall bear fruit. You are needed. So when you plant yourself in the house of God, just instead of showing up, guess what happens? You're going to start bearing fruit. Oh, that encourages me. Praise God. We're all needed. Everybody needed. Everybody, everybody's needed. Everybody counts. Everybody matters in the house of God, whether you're young or whether you're old. I'm here to tell you right now, and I, and I try to encourage a lot of older people when they come to church, and they're like, there's not much I can do. When my dad was, what he had was riddled with all kind of disease, bent over, couldn't even stand up straight, he always pushed his way to church. He couldn't serve if he wanted to. But I remember just looking at him, he didn't realize that just him showing up was an encouragement. Because if I get, and I'm coming to church, and I'm like, man, I really don't feel like I'm not feeling good today. And I turn and I look, and I see a man sitting in the back chair, hunched over, can't even look at the, the stage because his body's bent over. But yet, when he's he's clapping his hands as the music's going, and because his shoulders were frozen, he couldn't raise his arms, so he would do this. And he would just raise his hand like this to the Lord and began to worship. And I began to see this. And I said, he is planted in the house of God. He is flourishing even though his outer man dies. His inner man kept growing, growing much fruit. And I was able to eat from the fruit to give me energy and keep going. I'm like, man, I ain't going to complain. <laughs> Praise God. Now, just to let you guys know, planted means to be placed are fixed in a specific position. When you're planted, you're in there. You're not moving. You're firm. Not just planted, placed, or fixed anywhere, but planted in the house of the Lord. And here's the promise when you're planted in the house of God. This is the promise that God gives to you. He said, you shall flourish. You'll flourish. It doesn't mean that your, 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 your outside body is going to be all big and strong just because you're serving. But just like my dad, he produced this fruit that other people were able to eat from and be encouraged and grow. So you guys, as I read this scripture, when it says, they that are in the house of the Lord shall flourish. So with my less than brilliant mind, I can deduce or deduct from this, this scripture that if you're not growing, it's probably because you're not planted. I've been a pastor for eight years, eight years. And I think we were, our church was open maybe, it might have been two weeks, three weeks. And I met somebody, and they came to me, and they were like, I'm just not growing, Pastor. I'm like, it's been three weeks. <laughs> I didn't have no new revelation or something for you? I could make one up. 
But I sat there and I'm looking. I remember being a young pastor. You know, I'm still a young pastor. But I looked at him and I was like, I was offended. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm preaching the Bible. <laughs> if you can't grow off of me preaching the scriptures, then there, you can't grow. But it occurred to me it's because he wasn't planted. And do you know what? That's a problem with most church hoppers. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm looking for a new church because I, I, I wasn't growing at my last church. I still get offended. Heads up for all y'all now. When you go talk to a new pastor, whatever you do, don't use that word because it automatically tells them what kind of person you are. Oh, you one of those. <laughs> you the reason why you, you didn't grow is because you weren't planted. You weren't involved. There were so many places and things to do in any church to serve. It's so funny to me when people go to church and they're like, well, you know, I just I can't find a place to serve. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, Pastor, I noticed that these things aren't going. Okay, I'm going down. Okay, I was, I'm sorry. Let me get off that pedestal real quick. There's so many places to serve, but when you start serving, that means you're planted. And when you're planted, that means you're rooted and you're grounded. And when things happen, you don't go anywhere. So if you're not growing, it's because you're not planted. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You guys ever get seeds in a package? You have seeds coming in a package? Okay. Do you guys ever look at the seed in the package and go, how come it ain't growing? No, you don't think that. And if you have, it takes two seconds to figure out why they didn't grow. They're not growing because they're in the package. They're not growing because they're not planted. That's some Christians today in church. They're just packaged seeds full of potential, but it will never be released. It's not the pastor's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's because you decided not to plant yourself in the church that you're in. <laughs> Told you, stick around. I'm giving away TV, by the way, later on. That helped. They was like, ooh, he's hard. Oh, TV. When seeds are planted, they're going to grow and they're going to flourish. Now, the same thing goes for those plants that like to uproot themselves. <laughs> if a seed is planted and it begins to take root, and then it begins to grow, sometimes certain trees just decide they don't like the soil anymore, and they're just going to uproot themselves. And they uproot themselves, but they don't go get rooted and grounded anywhere else. I don't know if you guys know anything about planting. And, you know, you can take a plant out of certain soil, but you got to quickly get into it some more soil in order for it to grow. And, and, and sometimes that's necessary, and sometimes that's what God does. But sometimes they, there's plants that uproot themselves, and what they do is end up laying on top of the soil. And eventually, because their roots aren't deep into the ground, they're not getting any nutrients. They're no longer growing, and they end up laying there and dying. So when the wind blows, it just blows them away. There's a message in there somewhere. You guys have to realize that, that the point of flourishing is to produce fruit. We have to produce fruit. And you realize that we don't produce fruit for ourselves. If you're producing fruit, you don't produce fruit for yourself. Does a doctor get into being a doctor to work on himself. You can talk, I'm going to go to medical school so I can go ahead and diagnose any of my illnesses and I can do surgery on myself if I need it. That way I don't have to pay for insurance. No, a doctor becomes a doctor to help other people. Did you guys catch the analogy? 
See, what happens is we need to bear fruit not for us so we can look like pretty trees. We bear fruit so people will see it, be drawn to it, and eat thereof. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How are you going to taste the Lord and he's good unless you eat fruit from somebody else's tree? That's why they call it fruit of the Spirit. In order for me to taste the fruit of the Spirit, you need to be planted in bearing some fruit. You guys realize a tree with no fruit is just a shade tree. Throwing shade all the time and blocking out the sun. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Shade. Watch this. You guys, naturally, a, a, a tree produces fruit so that it could spread its seed and it could reproduce itself. Another message in there. So you bear fruit. And when it bears fruit, then somebody will come and they'll eat, or animal will come and eat of the fruit because they see it. And not only do they see it, it looks good to the eye, but then it also gives off an aroma that smells good. And then they go to it and they eat it. Once they eat it, it puts seeds in them. And once they get those seeds in them, they go elsewhere and then they drop those seeds and then those seeds will grow again. The point of us bearing fruit is that other people will see and they'll smell the aroma of Jesus on us and they want to come and eat of that fruit. And when they eat of that fruit, they will begin to reproduce what you are. That's the whole point of being planted in the house. So we got Christians that are going out nowadays, I don't even know why I'm giving them the honor of calling them Christians, but they're going out and they're trying to explain a gospel and they're not even dedicated to the church themselves. You can't be dedicated to Christ without being dedicated to his body. Oh, I'm a Christian, but you don't serve Christ. Well, I serve the head. No, you can't. If you want this head, you got to take this body. I would be insulted if somebody came to me and said, you look good, but your body's terrible. She got a pretty face. Y'all should feel bad because I know some of y'all probably said that before too. <laughs> they look good, but he too skinny. God has put gifts in us, and those gifts that he's put in us is not for us. Those gifts are for his church. And in order for those gifts to come out, we need to be planted in his church. And then those gifts will begin to come out. And as those gifts come out, it's going to help other people in the church. My hand isn't a hand and able to grab things for, my, for, for itself. It's able to grab things for the rest of my body. So if, if I have an itch over here, because my fingers can do this, it doesn't do this just for itself. It does this because if I'm itching somewhere, I could scratch myself. So the gift that my hand is, it has is not for it itself. It's for the rest of the body. Some of you guys are sitting in here, and you're sitting on your gifts because you're not planted in church, and you're robbing the people next to you of your gift. For instance, it's like if I had something in my pocket that belonged to you. You knew it's in my pocket. How would you feel about it? Who said that? Who said that? You said to give it back? Okay, I got something in my pocket that I thought that belongs to you. I got something. It's yours. See? There's a, a cold anointing on you. Hallelujah. Yeah, now, now, now y'all going to get involved now. Look what I got to do. Get, get them involved. I'm going to be saying stuff. Everybody like, yeah! <laughs> you see what you got to do? See what stuff we go through as pastors? I'm just trying to get an amen out of somebody. I, I'm like saying something. I'm like, that was good. I'm up here patting myself on the back. Y'all just. <laughs> then out of nowhere, I said something, reached in my pocket, handed out something. Now everybody going to be like, amen, pastor. Preach. Woo. Shut up. 
Okay, we're running out of time. Turn to Matthew 13, 3 and 9. 3 and 9, 3 and 9. You guys getting something out of this? I'm trying to encourage you to get planted. Maybe you don't come to this church. Maybe you don't want to belong to this church. Why? I don't know. But do come to this church and get planted. Get in. I'm trying to tell you, the only reason why people get, you know, I hear people at large churches. Listen, huge churches. I know some very large churches. And people say, I just don't feel connected. I'm like, at a church that size, there's a whole lot of things to get connected to. That's just you. Even I've seen people at churches that, that they're churching 15 people. And they say, I, I just don't feel connected, man. You know, you don't feel connected because you haven't connected yourself. When you plant yourself in a church, when you plant, you're connected. You're finding out what people are doing, what's going on. I'm going to tell you something. One thing with us in small groups, our small groups are crazy. They're a big deal. And, and yeah, I see. There's some people really love it. Our small groups, people get so connected, it, they don't have to wait for the pastor to call them when things happen. They're, 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 I remember one time there was uh, one, one young lady ended up missing, and my wife and I were just at home. By the time we got the phone call, the small group, because they got connected, the small group had already been out looking for them, talked to the police, had had, had the prayer thing going, had did all that, and we got the call as a, second, as a secondary notice. Oh, by the way, this is going on, Pastor. We already got everything taken care of. We're praying for them. We got people looking, and we got people at their house right now. That's what church is about. There is no reason. I'm here, and I'm, I'm going to point at you guys like, like I'm your parent or something. There is no reason that you should be going through things alone when you're in a church. Well, my husband died and nobody was there for me. Are you connected? You guys, I'm trying to tell you. We, we know. We know. Michelle, you know what it's about. Honey, when, it, when things happen with us, we know, Papa, if we had not been for our church family, when we were going through some crisis, I don't think we had to make it. Karen knows. Praise God, because we're planted in a church. And look, I know I'm the pastor, I'm planted here, but we were planted, and it was because of you, the church, that came to my aid when I needed help. Yes, I prayed, God, please send me some peace and some help. And God says, yes, I'm going to hug you with my body. One of them close hugs. You know when you hug somebody and you just, the arms go around. You ever hug Elizabeth Contreras? Oh, my gosh. She, if, you don't, if you ever hug Elizabeth Contreras, you, she, just, she, she almost makes you, you can't breathe. She hugs everybody the same. That's how God wants to hug us. But you got to be planted in his church because he says, look, when you're going through something, I'll send my body to come give you one of them Elizabeth Contreras hugs. I'm just consumed in your love, Jesus. Matthew 13, 3 and 9. I'm going to go through this quickly. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seed, fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. He who hear, he who has ears, let them hear. So let's get down to find out where you're buried at. We want to know where you're planted at. These are the different places that you can be planted at. Number one, planted by the wayside. 
Now, when you're planting by the wayside, those are the people that go by and you're just laying on top of the soil. And what happens is the birds come around and they devour you. When, it, when we're talking about birds, birds are a picture of thoughts. You know how thoughts come across your mind sometimes? Well, birds fly around your head. Now, I'm here to tell you, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can't stop it from nesting in there. So birds are going to fly. You're going to have thoughts. But what happens when you're on the wayside, when you're not planted in the house of the Lord to flourish, you're just laying on top of the soil. So sometimes those, those crazy, nasty thoughts that come to you, like, should I be at this church? How come the pastor drives a car like that? Well, what about this girl over here? She's not perfect. Why is she in here? Then you start just thinking all these nasty thoughts. And when you begin to dwell on thoughts, you're consumed by your thoughts. Do you know that there's a reason why the Bible says taking every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God? That's a thought. And pulling it and bringing it down into captivity. Why does God want us to do that? Because there's birds flying over our heads and we need to shoe them. If it's one of them nasty birds that always it doesn't matter what you do, kill it. There's no PETA people in here, is there? Tranquilize it. You better pull that thing down. Bring it into captivity. Snap his little head. Was that random? That was army. I'm sorry. A little bird with a yellow bill. Okay, sorry. Anybody in the army knows that one. So these thoughts come across your mind, and, and, and you got to, to, to knock them down. When you're planted in the house of God, you don't, you don't look at people like you normally look at them. When you're planted in the house of God, you begin to look at people and you look at them with compassion. So when you do see that per person that isn't perfect, you don't judge them with those nasty thoughts. You begin to speak over them. Say things like, you know, that person's nasty, but praise God that they're here in the house of the Lord trying to get things right just like me. Jesus loves them too. Hallelujah. Those are the people planted by the wayside. Number two, people planted stony ground. These are the ones the Bible says that they spring up quickly, and they have be, um, been coming to church. These are the type of people that come to church all the time. You see them every Tuesday and every Sunday. They're at all the services. And just when you think they're in like Flynn, the sun comes up and scorches them. Okay, here's the analogy. When you think of sun, I need you to think of two things, light and heat. Light is made to expose things. And usually when you're exposed, the heat comes, right? Because, you know, when you, like it flies open and people say something, you get embarrassed, you're like, you turn all red, the heat. Watch this. You come to church, you love the church, everything's good until somebody comes and says something to you because the sun came out and the S-O-N, not the S-U-N, and he comes out and he begins to reveal things and somebody begins to work in, in the gifts and they begin to say things to you and they expose some of your sin. Not in front of everybody, but maybe to you. And then all of a sudden what happens you get scorched. That's offended. And, and you get offended, and guess what happens? You leave. Why? Because the Bible says that you didn't have roots. Now, I got this tree in my backyard when we first moved in, praise God. And we grilled, I mean, we not grilled, we drilled and grinded that thing all the way down into the ground and covered it up with dirt. I thought it was dead. About a year later, I go out in my backyard because I'm going to start doing work. Soon, praise God. I was contemplating the work that needed to be done. And I noticed that there was this branch growing out of the ground. It was the tree. Say to God, let me tell you something. When you are planted and rooted in a church so deep, it doesn't matter what somebody does to you. 
I don't care what offense you have or who came and grinded your life down or said these bad things to you. You are rooted and grounded in the house of the Lord. And eventually, sooner or later, yeah, you can cover me up with some dirt, but I ain't dead yet, baby. I'm here and I'm going to grow and my ministry's here to keep going. Just happens that way sometimes. God does that to us. And we don't realize that God does that to us sometimes to allow new growth. Because nothing makes you grow more than being offended. coming to a service near you. All right, all right, third one, thorns. Somebody say thorns. Thorns. The thorns bring up and choke. Now, I'm just going to make this real simple. There's people that I don't care how rooted you are in church, you let some thorny thistles around you, they're going to choke those roots out, and you're going to die. When I say die, your relationship at church, your, your, your roots are going to be choked off. You're no way able to receive the nutrients, the nutrients and everything that you're supposed to get. You're not going to be learning anymore. You know why you're not going to learn? Because the, the thorns, and these thorns represent people. You got quiet. <laughs> They're just some people you don't need to be around. Oh, yeah. You know, do, you, do you guys realize in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse 30, it says that Bad manners or bad companies corrupts good manners, good character. So I don't care how good you are, how much of a Christian you are. When you got bad people around you, it's going to corrupt you, and it's going to choke you out. And this happens so many times because people will come into church who never get planted, and what they want to do is they see your diligence, they see you growing, and they get a little jealous of what you're doing, and then all of a sudden they kind of help you start seeing the things that they don't see. I don't know why you're working so hard. Nobody else worked this hard when they was in there, and you shouldn't be doing this for that, and you can't be doing this. And then you start hearing that kind of stuff, and then guess what happens? Choked. Cares of this world, deceitfulness is riches. Enter in and choke the word out of you, becoming unfruitful. Stay away from them thorns. Stop hanging around thorny people. You know what's wrong with thorny people? They're hard to handle. Sauce. Okay, these are the last type of people we need to be. Good ground. We need to be planted in good ground. I'm here to tell you right now, whether you know this or not, whether you're new here or you've been here for some time, I'm here to tell you something. The leaders of this church spend our time tilling the ground in prayer, supplication, reading the word to make sure that this is good soil for you to be planted in. That's what our job as leaders is to make sure that this is good ground. The building Christian fellowship is good ground. This is a place where you could get planted and grow. It says if those are planted, they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall grow. They shall flourish. God desires for you to flourish and grow, and this is the place for you. And maybe you're just visiting from another church. I want to encourage you today. When you go back, you, you say, look, uh, Pastor, I missed last Sunday, but guess what? I heard a word, and I'm a new man right now. I'm going to get planted right now. I know I ain't been serving like I've been supposed to be serving, but I'm going to plant myself so that I can grow. And when I grow, you're going to benefit from it, Pastor, and so are some other people, because my gifts are going to start coming at me as I serve. And because you're planted in good ground here at the Building Christian Fellowship, there's one thing we like to say. We like to say this, membership has its benefits. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com 
or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.